0: Tony and Austin will be broadcasting live at the grand opening of About Time Pub and Grub Sports Bar 1820 Traverse Parkway in Lehigh next to Harmon's on Tuesday the 31st from 10 a.m. till noon with great jazz swag. Jazz are off tonight on the road tomorrow to see the Clippers in L.A. and play those guys and see how that shakes out. Two of the top six in the West squaring off. Obviously the Clippers just ran down the Lakers and wiped out that 15-point deficit on Christmas Day. And LeBron's got a groin injury. Let's see a show of hands right now. Who would pick the Clippers to win the NBA title? Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, or someone else. Is that Does that need to go up on Twitter, Yock? Is that a poll question? you can put the Sixers in there? No.
1: So you probably put an other then. Yeah, i got to put another. I like that, yeah. Yeah? I'd probably, yeah, those three would be the ones I'd put on the list. And then an other for whoever else you want.
0: Normally I'd put it up in the segment. But the problem with that is I don't have PK here to talk. Yes, this is true. PK could wind up on something, and boom, it'd be up. Easy. It's a little trickier now. I'm trying to do it, but there's a ton of typos. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, don't pr- tweet at me. There's usually a ton of typos, you pr- DJ. Pr- you, you suck at this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Stop it. Back off, Twitter. I don't need to deal with you right now. I'm busy screwing stuff up on my own. Don't need your help. I'll do this all by myself. All right, there. It's done. Fine. Go vote. Who's your pick to win the NBA title right now? Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, other? Let's uh, let's uh, time this out. When should this end, Yock? You wanna end this tomorrow night right as the game gets going? That'd be a good idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So what do we it'd be a twelve no twenty
0: four hours roughly. Why, are they gonna play at nine o'clock tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Cause uh, that'd be news.
1: 8.30. thirty, eight thirty. I've
0: heard of breakfast 30, at Wimbledon, but 30, you know, 30 breakfast six. with Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Man. he's gonna sign on to that. He's probably
1: not. Load management. Load management. Load management. Thirty six hours. Yeah, I
0: need my Saturday nine AM clear. As a matter of fact, so do I. All right, who's your pick to win the NBA title right now? Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, or other? Jazz and Clippers tomorrow night. We just talked with uh, Joe Ingles about that a little bit. And, of course, the Jazz picking up a couple of players. Joe just told us uh, Clarkson was one of the tougher covers because he's so aggressive going to the hoop. And David Locke talked to us before that that he's more likely statistically Now, he gets fewer possessions, so it doesn't happen as often. But as a percentage of the possession he gets, Clarkson is more likely to attack the rim than Russell Westbrook. Locke said, Donovan Mitchell, now he drives a lot. He's at 20% going to to the hole. Westbrook at 30, Clarkson at 33. So he drives a lot. Uh, And then Joe also said that uh, Rajon Tucker, who we did not see in the game against Portland last night, did not get thrown into the deep end of the pool, uh, but who I assume we will see at some point here coming up. The Tucker has the same agent, and his agent was all sorts of pumped up. And for Joe, it's like, well, it's one more voice, and I trust my agent. You know, I mean, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it from. Everybody, everybody's wired in, so everybody knows somebody from somewhere. And it turns out that Donovan Mitchell and Tucker were in a slam dunk contest when they are in high school. So you know, you're always going to have that. And then your coach and your GM are going to say, hey, here's our new guy, blah, 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 right? But then you get the agent on top of it Yeah, when Mark
1: Barlestein like, calls you and says, hey, this hey, guy's coming to Utah. This
0: is what this guy can do. He can help, right? Get you fired up. Uh, he's a G League guy. The stars, the G League affiliate of the Utah Jazz, are... Uh, home the next two nights and we have tickets they're playing the austin spurs i don't need to spell that out for you right you know they're san antonio's right shouldn't be that hard shouldn't be that hard that's pretty obvious. Quinn snyder once upon a time the head coach of the austin spurs true story tonight is star wars night presented by zions bank we have four tickets to give away to tonight's game to see the jazz and the spurs first 300 fans in attendance get a stars branded lightsaber Star Wars characters will be on hand for pictures throughout the night. The game is at 7 o'clock at the Lifetime Activity Center on the Taylorsville campus of Salt Lake Community College. they got like 10 campuses now, so you got this to This is their it out.
1: main campus.
0: I don't want anyone driving to the old South High, okay? Yeah, don't, that, go don't go to I South High. want that doing High. that. won't work. We were in Jordan. They don't even have a gym. This, yeah, team, a this team has won 13 straight games. They're rolling right now. Winners of 13 in a row. They won the G League Winner Showcase in Vegas this weekend. So, if you're looking for something to do tonight, you want four free tickets, 855 340 Zone. 855 340 Zone. Call right now. All right. Wow. Hey, there are people up this morning on Twitter. I got to tell you, driving in, and Yak, you come in earlier than I do. It
1: was pretty quiet out there. Me and a bunch of. Was it any long-haul, different
0: long-haul for drivers. you? Or are you, like, are you out there with the same long haul drivers at 3:30 or 30 or 4 30? There's still
1: a difference for me, even but this morning was, yeah. I could have... I come in later than you. I could have gone over four different. lanes yeah. and not seen a soul. So.
0: i got to make a left-hand turn across a road that's busy that would normally have, I'd probably see 50 pairs of headlights. I saw five. Nobody out. Everybody's taking this off. Shut it down! But you're up now because you're on Twitter. Now, maybe you're not even listening to the show, I guess, right? You could be on Twitter just uh, lying in bed looking at your phone. What? Huh? DJ and PK are doing this? What? Who's going to win the NBA title? Your pick right now, 51% for the Clippers. Is this recency bias? You just watched the Clippers beat the Lakers? Jazz are playing the Clippers tomorrow night. We've got uh, 22% for other. I don't know if you're thinking Sixers or Rockets or where you're going. Lakers 18%, Bucks, 8%. I have believed for a long time that you give most people three picks at the start of the year. And then that, that's 10% of the league. And then somebody else takes the field, and they bet lunch or whatever. That dude who has the field, he's buying lunch most of the time. You, you put 100 bucks a season, at the end of the year, he's, he's handing over a $100 bill. He's picking up the lunch tab. He's losing. Because most years, you get three picks, you can pick the champ. And right now, I think most people will pick Bucks, Clippers, Lakers. And I I think those are the three most people would have picked since the start of this season. Now, it does feel more wide open. And Sixers, Rockets, Jazz, Mavericks. Man, would the Mavericks be a story? The Mavericks would be the astounding story. Or Toronto. Toronto's been pretty good. If Toronto won without Kawhi, that would be unbelievable. That would be—that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in the NBA. What happens in the NBA? Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. One of those three. All right, DJ and PK, we gotta take a break. Yock, have you given out a winner? We got to call her twelve yet? Yes, Dennis was our winner for tonight. Really? Yep. All right. Well, guess what we have? We get to get I got to take I told you. There's two tonight. games. Well, why don't we do that on the other side of this break? Stay tuned. Don't call now, i will just hang up on you. Yock sounds like a happy go lucky guy, but Yock is about rules. Yak went to Mountain View High School. Yes, I did. Utah County. There's rules, Yock. There's a right way. And there's a wrong way. Remind me to show you one of the Christmas gifts I got this week. <laughs> okay. There's a throwback I think you'll enjoy from Holton right. View. There's a right way and a wrong way, and the wrong way is to call now, and Yaak will hang up on you and you take great joy in it. He will violently slam that phone down. But when we come back. Yeah, when we come back, we will uh, we will give away uh, another four pack of tickets and we'll catch you up to date on everything we're talking about in this show. That's next. Stay with us. <laughs> And now, Attention. top of the wire on 97.5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network. Utah Jazz pick up the win at home over Portland, 121 to 115. Their 23 point lead got shaved down to a single point. But the Jazz get a couple of big hoops down the stretch from Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, and they beat the Blazers 121-115. 35 points for Mitchell. Ingles had 26. Rudy Gobert with 16 points and 15 boards. Jazz and Clippers tomorrow night at 8.30. The zone's coverage starts at 7.30 with Jazz game night, the pregame show. Luka Doncic's return to action. The Mavericks get a 102-98 win over the San Antonio Spurs. BYU hosts Oral Roberts at the Marriott Center tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. Weber State opens Big Sky play in Ogden against Eastern Washington at 2 o'clock. The Utes have the day off, and Utah State almost does. They're playing Eastern Oregon at 2 o'clock. Scotty G with the pregame show at 1.30 here on The Zone. BYU running back Tyson Williams announced he's entering the NFL draft and foregoing a hardship waiver for a potential sixth year of eligibility. Sophomore kicker Skylar Southam is in the transfer portal. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing and get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net.
1: Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are
0: you ready? You guys ready?
1: Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated. It seems as though Donovan Mitchell is edging in that go-to guy direction. Oh, absolutely. He has all the tools to be that Dwayne Wade type of player at end of games. He's got the talent for it. We forget just how young he is. It takes time to really develop that. Go back and watch Kobe Bryant in his first two or three years. He was taking end-of-game shots, but he was missing a ton of them. It took him a long time. The fact that Donovan Mitchell is edging towards that type of player right now votes really well for his ability to do it in the near future and certainly in the next few years as he grows with his team.
0: Catch the Big Show Presented by
1: Mountain America Credit Union Afternoons from 3 to 7 On 97.5, 1280 The Zone And The Zone
0: Sports Network Ingles comes to get it on the right side
1: Runs a pick and roll with Gobert Wraps it down low to Rudy Rudy loses it, saves it to Bogdanovich Left corner, three Boyan! What a play by Rudy Gobert!
0: Alright, this is the point where we catch you up to date on all the stuff we've been talking about during the show. And there were two points about last night's game that I wanted to make, and I didn't make. I don't know why. I'm in here by myself. What's wrong with me? If I stop talking, I don't know. I got too wrapped up and I missed it. So here's the thing. Number one, that was a good win. Played well, and Bogdanovich had a poor game shooting the ball. They did stuff for him, they got him open shots, and he missed them. They just missed him. Early on, I thought they could have really dropped the hammer. And they were already making a lot of threes, and you can't expect them all to go in. But when he's open, I expect the shot to go in. And he missed a couple of them. He was off. He wasn't having a good game. And then late, that is exactly what you want when you get to the playoffs. A guy who's not having a good game who can hit a big shot anyway – I mean, yeah, I suppose you'd rather everybody shot 80% and you just blow a team off the floor, right? But you'd be lucky to get one of those games in a series. But you're always going to have a game in a series where you're not shooting it well and you're not on fire and you're not having a night and you still have to make the shot. That happens in every playoff series. I won't say to every team because I guess early on, You know, whoever's 1-2 and in the West right now looks like they could smoke whoever's 7-8 and in the West, however that plays out. So it's not every series that every team has it. But most series, most teams have it. And I think the Jazz will have it. So I thought that was a good sign for them, that Bogdanovich could have uh, a poor shooting night and still make a big shot. The other thing, which uh, I thought we saw a lot of early and only a little bit of late, the more the Jazz attack the hoop, I like them to be aggressive and attack the hoop because there was, early this season there was a big deal with Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy said something it turned into a big deal because whenever Rudy talks, it's a big deal because he's Rudy Gobert and he's a two-time defensive player of the year now. And so it was more about, you know, he wanted more shots, more lobs and all that and he broke the dunk record last year. Well, of course, after you break the dunk record, the whole league's going to play you different. And they drop big and all that. But the thing you saw... In that Portland game, early in the game, multiple times. I think it was actually like two of the first three or four possessions and a couple times right after that. Is if Donovan beats, or Joe, um, and Mike Conley when he gets back. If Donovan beats his guy. He's going to draw the shot blocker. And if Donovan makes the shot, great. If Donovan gets fouled, great. I've said for a long time, I want to see Donovan shoot more free throws. That number's been growing incrementally. I think it can still go up a little higher. But the thing you can watch last night's game, and you've seen it in other games too, if Donovan beats his guy cleanly and draws that shot blocker over, not only is it a good result if he scores, not only is it a good result if he gets fouled, it's a good result if he misses the shot. Because... Rudy's crashing right behind him, and there's nobody to block him out. And that's a dunk. That's an easy offensive rebound and an easy dunk for Rudy Gobert. And he got a couple of those real quick in the game. And I think Clarkson's another guy Add him to the list, and we had uh, David Locke and Joe Ingles on. They both talked about him. Uh, Joe talked about how he's one of the tougher covers in the league. That's what he knew from playing against him as an opponent uh, because – He's so quick. He's got a good first step. He's got an aggressive mindset, and it's just hard to stay in front of the guy. So that was what Joe brought brought to the table as far as uh, knowing Clarkson as an opponent. And then Locke backed it up with the numbers, and I know that shocks you, but he said the numbers he threw out there: Donovan attacks the rim twenty percent of the time, Westbrook thirty percent of the time, Clarkson thirty three percent. Now Clarkson doesn't get as many touches and he doesn't get to use as many possessions as Mitchell and Westbrook. But when he does, he attacks the rim, and Rudy's got to go. Now, they won't always be on the floor together, so that's an issue there. But maybe that's something to look for as Quinn looks to tweak the rotation is that when Rudy's in with bench guys, make sure one of the bench guys is Jordan, and then have Clarkson attack the hoop and, and Rudy crashing right behind him because that is a real problem for defenses. I guess you can bring a third guy in to try and block out Rudy, but that's going to be hard to do. So there are still options. There are still little inefficiencies out there, and Quinn's going to take advantage of them. and that is why the Jazz record has been better in the second half of the season than it has been in the first half of the season. Every year Quinn's been the head coach. Now some years it was a big difference. You know, 15, 17 wins, really dramatic. Uh, You know, one year was just one game. I think this is a team where there's going to be some upside in the second half of the season, which is why I've been saying 12-8 and eight after 20 games, 24-16 and 16 after the midway, the midway point. I guess you have one more game there before you get to the halfway point. And then watch them finish fast. Can they get 31 wins down the stretch and get to 55? I don't think they're going to be on 24 when they get to – to 40 I think they can do better than that the schedule there are a handful of tough games sprinkled in Miami was one the Clippers coming up is another one but there are still a lot of teams out there on the Jazz schedule that aren't very good and they got another three to four weeks that they are uh, with that win over Portland they're now seven games over 500 they're 19 and 12 they should be I would think it won't be that long before they're 10 to 12 games over 500 because this stretch in the schedule, we always talk about this is a tough stretch in the schedule, which, as PK says, is code for they're not that good. These teams are better. Okay, well, this is a soft stretch in the schedule, and that's code for. The Jazz are way better than these teams. These teams aren't that good, and the Jazz can beat them. And they have done, and we're talking about this in relationship to football, because we got uh, with the bowl game on Christmas Eve. This is our first show since BYU's season ended. And the take on the season, the frustration. And I think if you go big picture, the difference between BYU and Utah, aside from just the number of wins, thank you, Captain Obvious. But the big difference is the Utes won the games they were supposed to win. Now, you can be frustrated, that and you maybe there probably you fans out there would say, well, they should have beaten USC and they should have beaten Oregon. But by record, those are the two best teams that the Utes faced. They beat the 11 they were supposed to, and then they lost to the two teams that were better. Certainly, you'd have to say that USC's wide receivers were better, and Oregon's offensive line was better. And that's hard to believe, because we knew Oregon's O-line was good. We knew that. But we didn't know they were going to push the Utah defensive front around the way they did.
1: Well, and similarly, the USC wide receivers, you knew they were all NFL caliber. But you didn't know they were going to make that many big plays. But you also have NFL caliber right. defensive backs you felt like could lock them up.
0: Right. So, for the Cougars, there were games that they won that were big games. The Boise State win was a big win. That's one, now with the Vegas Bowl, a two-loss Boise State team. And, you're, and you got them. You're, you're the one who kept them out of the Cotton Bowl. They beat you and go undefeated, assuming everything else happened the same way. They'd have been in the Cotton Bowl. And you beat USC at home, and you went to Tennessee and won. And Tennessee ended up 7-5, and 5-3 five, and five and in the SEC. So they're no world beaters, but they're not awful either. So those are three good wins. You don't go to the SEC and win that often, so when you do, it's a good win. You don't get to throw back, ah, it's an SEC road win. That doesn't mean anything. Against the 7-5 SEC team, yeah, it does. But they had these letdowns against the lesser teams, and that's what is stinging right now, Cougar fans. Why did they lose to Toledo, South Florida, and Hawaii? Those are three winnable games. Maybe you think they should have beaten San Diego State, too. But in the other games, they were ahead in the fourth quarter. They'd done the heavy lifting for three and a half quarters, and then they blew it and lost right at the end. And you were able to beat Tennessee and USC right at the end, and you were able to hold on against Boise State right at the end. That was a one-possession game at the end, but you got the ball and you ran out the clock. How come you didn't win these other three games? Because you could have turned 7-6, and six, certainly in 8-5, and five, maybe 9-4, and four, Best case scenario, BYU's sitting here 10-3 and right now. And that might be too outrageous, because if they'd won one, then maybe they'd have lost somewhere else. And you got to say, hey, their running game got hurt over the course of the season. They just had too many guys hurt, and they had to play three quarterbacks, and that's less than ideal. But I think those three quarterbacks played pretty well. And I think that it should be an open competition in the spring, and everybody gets a third of the snaps to start, and then you go from there. And if Zach Wilson is the best guy, so be it. And there's plenty of people cracking on Zach, and he threw an interception at the end of the game, so that's the way it goes. And he had three turnovers. I I think that as this relates to the Jazz, right now the Jazz look to me like they're trending more towards the Utah season than the BYU season. That they're losing the games they should lose. And they're losing because they don't have players who are as good as the other guys' players. Now, keep finding small inefficiencies, get a little better. But I think in this run here where they've won 7 out of 9, maybe you can say they blew one game. I don't think you can say they blew the Miami game. I think the better team won, and the Jazz played pretty well, but they came up short. Now, they've changed two guys on the roster, and you can find some other things where you can improve a little bit over the course of the season, maybe make yourself a little better. But I think the Jazz are trending in the direction of Utah, where they win the games they're supposed to win, lose the ones they're supposed to lose, and they're supposed to lose to the Clippers. Now, you got a little wiggle room in the NBA, because you never know when you play a team you know who's sitting and who's not. Because the Jazz have played the Clippers twice already, and they haven't seen Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together. In one of the games, they didn't see either one of them. So they haven't really played the Clippers yet with their stars. We'll get to your feedback. We got people, uh, feedback, who said the thing that I like most about the Jazz win over the Blazers was that the Jazz stars played like stars. And we had someone else say, you know, the team's more clutch now than they've been. Well, that's for a reason. I think there are two reasons that the team is playing better and winning close games and that you've got more confidence in them in the fourth quarter. There's two reasons. One is Donovan's got another year under his belt, and there's another level of comfort. And he talked about it after the game. I'm trying to tell myself to slow down. You don't beat guys offensively because you're really quick. You beat guys offensively because you change gears so quickly. It's not about being able to go 60 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour. It's about how quickly you go zero to 60. You go to third speed, then you explode off a cut, and boom, you're going. You're dribbling, you're standing still, and then bang, you're by a guy. And Donovan and Joe have both been working on the step back. And Donovan hit a step back three late in the game, and the place went nuts. I think it's the hardest shot to hit in basketball. I think the fact James Harden shoots it at such a high level – and the fact he's able to get to the free throw line so often are why he's outscoring everybody else. Those two things. They're really hard to do, and he does them. He gets to the line a lot, and he hits a lot of step-back threes. And I know, sometimes he walks into the step-back three and he travels. Don't send me that clip. I've seen it a million times. I don't need the gif where he hops to his right and takes not two, not three, but four steps and shoots over Ricky Rubio. I know. I've memorized it. Don't send it to me again. I've seen it. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, when Joe was on with us, he did talk about that. I asked him about that, because I know there are a lot of you out there, and you know, you're dreaming that your kid is going to be the next big thing, and, and maybe will be. We've, we've seen NBA guys uh, come out of Utah high school, so that's great. But you know what? Maybe just to make him the best high school player you know that he or she can be. How, how long do you have to work on that? And Joe talked, because he's dribbling into step-back threes, and we know Joe doesn't even want to shoot. He'd just as soon pass the ball. So when he dribbles and uses a pick and roll and then uses the screener a second time and then steps back and dribbles back into a three-pointer and does it twice right out of the gate in the game, that's because it's a game plan. And that's because he's worked on that skill in practice. And I asked him how much he'd worked on. And he talked about how he was in the gym a couple hours every day and that he still shoots it. Even in the season when you have less opportunity, he still Shoots every day, and he talked about how he has to do it going to his right, not just to his left. Not only dribbling into the three, but dribbling into the three going right. Because of the way, and he says that's just a reflection on how he was defended in the playoffs. When the scouts get better and they get more detailed, and the players are more focused and execute it better, as opposed to you got to play on Tuesday, you got to play on Thursday, you got to play on Saturday, and it's different guys with different skill sets, skill sets flying by, and all of a sudden it's the most important thing for two weeks. It's totally different, and it has been. I mean, the NBA games changed a lot, but John Stockton said that standing in a hallway in the '90s, and it's still true today him and say you hey, he lost three out of four. He said never buy into that. It doesn't matter if we lost to somebody three out of four or we beat somebody three out of four. And John was the king of preparation. He would watch film on the treatment table before that was a thing. I think now a lot of people do that. And but they didn't used to have, you know, we didn't have laptop computers when John started playing. And there weren't TVs hanging over every over every table. Things have changed. And even he said, the preparation changes, right? And so Joe learned from that. And when you see him dribble into these step-back threes, that's a game plan. That's Quinn. That's assistant coaches. That's development guys working. Them coming up with a plan. And then the development guys working with Joe over a long period of time. It doesn't just happen. All right. Other things we discussed. Last weekend for the NFL. Uh, We know most of the playoff teams now. Uh, The Eagles have to win. Could they screw it up? I mean, the NFC East has been awful. It'd be awesome if on the final weekend the Giants and and Washington both won and if New York and Washington win after their dreadful seasons, and you got teams backing into the playoffs, that, that'd be hilarious. I don't know why that entertains me, but it does. Long shot of the weekend. The Raiders could still make the playoffs. they got to beat the Broncos, and they need a bunch of games to break their way, but Pittsburgh could lose to Baltimore, although Baltimore doesn't have anything to play for. They're the one seed that's done. So we'll see how many of the Ravens play and how many sit. They need the Titans to lose, and they need the Colts to beat the Jags. That could happen. It could happen. Which is why we're getting Raiders-Broncos here. The western half of the country is getting uh, the Chargers and Chiefs followed by the Raiders and Broncos. And we're no different. Many of you are happy about that and many of you are not. And a lot of you want to know if it'll change next year when the Raiders are in Vegas. Maybe if the Broncos suck again. Uh, If the Broncos lose this game, they've got their third straight double-digit loss season for the first time since the 1960s. For the first time in more than 50 years. If you're wondering why the Broncos aren't on TV this year as much, and I think we've skipped them either two or three weekends now that they have not been the game on KUTV, Well, when they're out of the playoff hunt and they're playing a team that's out of the playoff hunt, CBS knows you're less likely to watch it. But the Raiders are in the playoff hunt, so the game is on. All right, DJ and PK, that is a lot of what we have been talking about this morning. Now, your feedback is coming up next. You can uh, still hit us up on Twitter, and we will get to that next. DJ and PK brought you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. We mentioned the Star Drome tonight. We gave away four tickets to Star Wars uh, night tonight at SLCC. Tomorrow night, they have a rare game on the jazz floor at Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's the Austin Spurs. And it's the Utah Stars Superhero Night, presented by American First Credit Union. First 300 kids get a star superhero cape and mask. Former jazz man Brian Russell will be signing free autographs. He'll be on the big show today at 5 o'clock. And first responder vehicles will be on display in the plaza. So if your kids like fire trucks and uh, police cars and ambulances and that kind of stuff. And who doesn't? As a kid, I can still remember getting out of school and they had a fire truck out on the playground. And they put a ball up on a post or something, and then they had this like, it was kind of the version of a tug-of-war, the balls on the post, and two teams of kids have to aim the, the uh, fire hose at it and knock the ball off the post. And they were spraying that thing water in the grass all over the place. Turns out one of those fire hoses has enough pressure, it can lift, it can lift the average uh, 27-pound second grader off the ground. And it picked the little kids. I was an older kid when that happened. Like I was fifth grade or something, but they wanted the little kids because they wanted them to struggle with the hose, they and can, the bigger kids were too big. Oh yeah, they can, yeah. There were some first, second, and third graders getting whipped all over the playground. Wa- uh, I'm thinking somebody should have signed a waiver. I'm thinking in this day and age, yeah, you're. I'm thinking that there way. should have been some lawyers on the edge of the blacktop, like, oh, this will be good, so you know the hose is powerful. Come talk to me after. Throwing, this. And the kids are staggering around with it, but no one actually went airborne. Nobody was hurt in the making of this uh, half an hour. I got out of school. Probably why I'm still butchering grammar on Twitter. It would have been better if I'd been figuring out it's IT apostrophe S, ITS apostrophe, no apostrophe. That's the 30 minutes I missed to go watch the first graders go flying around on the end of the firehouse. All right, when we come back, your feedback. Oh, 855 340 Zone. If you want tickets, we got four tickets. To that uh, game tonight. I got lost on the fire story, didn't I? 855-340-ZONE if you want to go see the Stars Saturday night against the Austin Spurs at Vivint Smart Home Arena. They play tonight in Taylorsville at Slick. We already gave those tickets away, although you can still go out and uh, see the game. It's a Star Wars night tonight. And then if you want to go Saturday night, call right now. 855-340-ZONE. Yawks got a four-pack of tickets. Your feedback next. And it's over. Almost here. Don't go
1: nowhere. Morning, guys. I just want to say, in an era of load management and sitting out bowl games, how awesome it was to see Rudy Gobert diving for balls, saving them from
0: going out of bounds in a regular season game last night. What a cool guy. All right, there it is. Play hard and fans will appreciate you. Let that be a lesson. How's our good friend Brandon. Brandon checking in. He's uh is he Sun Devil? He's the ASU. Yeah, he didn't finish up with Let's Go, Devil. Let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. All right, time for your feedback. Brandon batting leadoff right there. And it is brought to you in part by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or Audi Salt Lake BYU's just wrapped up another seven and six football season. What do you think? Question of the morning. We got a ton of comments about that and uh many of you are just beyond frustrated some of you to a point i I can't quite sign off on uh dalen says 11 and 2 sounds better win the games you're supposed to toledo south florida san Diego state and hawaii take the bonus wins usc and boise state and run with them there are only two real losses utah and washington in the words of former chicago manager joe madden try not to suck yeah, I, I don't think I can sign off on four woulda, coulda, should shoulda's there. Uh, you lost by double digits at San Diego State, and I get that pisses you off, but you were never in position to win that game. I guess you can argue you should have been. But the Toledo-South Florida and Hawaii games all stick out to me as a group of three because in those games, you led in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. You were good enough for three and a half quarters. You're 50, you're 55 minutes in, you're good enough. Why not be good enough in the last five minutes? And the fact is you weren't. And I don't know that that is really physical. And there are a lot of you, you're not disciplined enough. I'm like, mm, how's the discipline a problem in Hawaii? You want to go with the uh, blown coverage, lack of attention to detail? Maybe. Uh, having to burn the timeout on third and two, not getting the play in in game 13. I'll go with you there on discipline. But I really think there's yeah. a confidence issue. Exactly. There is still a hangover from 4 and 9. Or possibly more accurately, there are now BYU players who have never been part of a 10-win season. Never been part of a 9-win season. I mean, it's the last 3 win 3 years now. It's 4 7 7. And I thought this team had a conquered when they won close games against Tennessee and USC. Now you say the, you know, the uh, bonus wins, USC and Boise State, you don't address Tennessee. I mean, when you have to – got a minute left, and you got to throw a 60-yard pass to get into position to throw the touchdown pass to tie the game. Come on now. You're cutting it pretty thin. Now you pulled it off, and in fact you did that, and that you beat SC in overtime also. I thought they conquered that, you know, that, that capturing that winning mentality is hard to do where you don't hope to win, you expect to win. And right as soon as they had it, they didn't have it anymore. And I, for the life of me, don't understand what happened to Toledo in South Florida. At least Hawaii, I understand a little bit because they were a good team and they won a bunch of close games. So maybe they won it more than you lost it. But it's really hard to buy off on that when I saw these other earlier games. So even though I can't sign off on you getting to eleven and two, I can sign off on you winning the eighth game and the ninth game. And nine and four would have looked different if you won all three of them. Ten and three, I can't play what it could have should all the way to eleven and two. But even at eight or nine wins, people would feel differently. At seven and four, there was so much positivity around BYU. If they win these last two games and they're nine and four, and I realize that's the San Diego State game I just dismissed. But if they'd done it, nine and 4 it'd be a very different mood this morning. All right, we're out of time. Tony and Austin are up next. We'll see you.